Hey, everybody. It's Charlie James. Welcome to the Checkpoint Charlie podcast. I appreciate you tuning in as always. Hey, don't forget, download, share this podcast with your friends and tune in each weekday on News Talk 98.9 WRD uh, from uh, 3 to 7 for the Charlie James Show on The Voice of the Carolinas. Well, we often hear it. It's always every election time. They always come out with the same old tried and true. Send me to Washington so I will fight for you. Send me to Columbia so I will fight for you. Send me to city council, county council, so I will fight for you. But does the fight ever actually happen? No, at least as far as Republicans are concerned. Yeah, it's always the same old thing. I will fight this, I will fight that, I will do, and they never do it. And it is absolutely nauseating to watch election cycle after election cycle. Because you see, there's two different ways of fighting. You know, Mike Tyson once famously said that everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Well, the Republicans get punched in the mouth on a regular basis. In fact, it's a surprise. Well, it's no surprise that there's no teeth left in a lot of people in the Republican Party because they've all been kicked out by the Democrats. I remember the fight between um, Mike Tyson and Michael Spinks. You might have remembered this uh, very famous fight. Michael Spinks was in the ring with Mike Tyson, and he was absolutely terrified. You could see it in his eyes. His knees would hardly keep him upright. This man was not just about to get knocked out, he was about to pass out. Well, it didn't take long after that when Mike Tyson actually took care of that forum. He dispatched him very early in the first round. And that's the perfect analogy for the Republican Party versus the Democrats. You see, there's no fight in the Republican Party. The Republican Party wants to use Marcus Queensberry rules. Now, these rules of boxing actually took place in right around 1867 when they decided there were going to be um, uh, padded gloves. A round would consist of three minutes of fighting followed by one minute of rest. You could not wrestle. You could not spit. You could not bite. You could not gouge. Any fighter who went down had to get up unaided within 10 seconds. And if it was unable to do so, then it was declared a knockout and the fight was over. Those are the rules, effectively, that the Republican Party fights by. The Marcus Queensberry rules. Toe the line. Toe the line. It's a gentleman's sport. It's the sport of kings. The Democrats, however, they're street fighters. They're brawlers. They're biters, kickers, and gougers. That's right. They fight dirty. And whenever you even dare to recommend to the Republicans that maybe, maybe, just maybe, they should abandon the rules of quote-unquote fair play, they always scoff at you. Oh, we are, we are so far above that. Oh, that is not the way we in the Republic. Well, then you get what you get. The Republican Party has been getting their teeth kicked in since Boehner, right? Since Ryan. And now, of course, under McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy, not only Kevin McCarthy, but Mitch McConnell. Now, I'm not so much thinking that Mitch McConnell is losing fights as he's not even bothering to participate. 
in the fights. He would rather just sit back and let the Democrats win. Kevin McCarthy is putting on a good show, but I'm not really convinced that he is a fighter either. It just seems to me like he talks a good game. He's a lot like one of the braggarts that always talks about just how good he is in the boxing ring, but never actually gets in to prove it. You see, that's where we are right now with the GOP. And it's a darn shame. Even Ronna McDaniel refuses to put up a fight. And when Republicans actually dare to fight, like Donald Trump, like Kari Lake, like Masters, like some others in the Republican Party, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Bobart, what happens to them? Well, they're called right-wing radicals. They're called uh, the, the extremists of the party. And does anybody in the party ever dare to stand up for them? Ever dare to stand up to the Democrats who are doing all of this name-calling? No, of course not. In fact, with all of the, the evidence of um, uh, election tampering, going on in Maricopa County, the GOP didn't even stand around long enough to wage any sort of a battle. It was like, oh, well, better luck next time, Kari Lake. We're out of here. They didn't spend one single dime helping that woman fight her legal case against cheating in Maricopa County. And why should they? They didn't spend a single dime on, on Masters' Senate seat. They didn't spend almost a single dime on Herschel Walker's seat. They just let those candidates flounder. Why? Because Mitch McConnell wanted power. Mitch McConnell wants to be the leader. He doesn't care if it's the majority leader or the minority leader. He just wants to be the leader. And when there were some people who were actually uh, made it public that they were not going to support Mitch McConnell for leadership, well, Mitch McConnell shut the pocketbook. In fact, in every race where the Republicans outspent the Democrats in the last election cycle, the Republicans won. In every race where the Democrats outspent Republicans, the Democrats won. We could have easily had two or three more seats in the Senate if Mitch McConnell had just put his pride aside and actually fought the Democrats. But that's just not what, what Mitch McConnell does. Mitch McConnell would rather sell out his country than to lose his leadership. That tells me a lot about the character of the man. There is no fight in him. There's no fight now in Kevin McCarthy. Now, why do I say that? Because, you know, there's supposed to be an investigation going on into Hunter Biden and ultimately Joe Biden for their foreign business dealings. And because of those foreign business dealings and certain things we found out, there are a lot of people calling for impeachment. Is Kevin McCarthy going to go forward with impeachment? My prediction? No. No, he's not. Because there is no fight in McCarthy. Oh, there's talks of fight. There's, uh, there, 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 there's bloviations. But there's no real actual fighting, because in fighting, sometimes you get your nose bloodied. And that's the last thing that Kevin McCarthy wants. However, the Democrats, they're not afraid of that. Not one little bit.
I think we all remember the day that Donald Trump came down the escalator in Trump Tower with Melania and announced that he was running for president of the United States. It was at that moment, that pretty much that very moment, that people started laughing. Oh, no, he's not serious. I remember uh, Charleston's own embarrassment, Stephen Colbert, and said, okay, guy, it's been fun, but, you know, it's time to back out. Well, he didn't. And then they said he, will, he had no path to the nomination, and he won the nomination. Then there was no path to 270 in the Electoral College, and he won that. And I remember that glorious night where all of the uh, all of the, uh, the the liberals were crying, and the folks over there at uh, at Young Turks they were just having an absolute meltdown. It was a glorious night. Whenever I'm feeling down, I kind of go back and play that tape over again, and it really picks up my spirits. But the Democrats weren't the only ones upset that Donald Trump won. Some Republicans were as well, because remember, he was the guy that was upsetting the apple cart. They had a pretty darn good thing going on in Washington, D.C., and they didn't need any outsider coming in, see, and messing everything up. Well, that's exactly what Donald Trump did. Donald Trump did it through executive orders and through some legislation. The things that they have said could not be done. Oh, you can't do that. You can't move the capital of Jerusalem, of Israel to Jerusalem. You can't have a GDP over 5%. You can't get unemployment that low. You can't have historic African-American unemployment. You can't have historic female unemployment. You can't bring jobs back to this country. And he did every single one of those things. And when he did it, he hurt their pride. Because if a politician is full of anything, it's pride and BS. Well, in this case, Donald Trump showed them that everything that they said could not be done, could be done. And the people that really got their feelings hurt the most weren't the Democrats. It was the Republicans. Because you see, they've been sitting around letting the Democrats run the show. They've been sitting around uh, crying foul to all of the things that the Democrats were doing, but never actually fighting back. It seemed like they loved being in the minority. That's a shame, because that's not why people actually sent them to Washington, or even Columbia for that matter, is to be in the minority. It's a strange thing about Columbia, because Columbia, we have, we have a supermajority, House and Senate. We have the governor's mansion. And still, a handful of Democrats can come in and actually run the show. Pretty amazing, isn't it, how that works? It's almost like the old cartoon where you get the giant Great Dane and the little tiny Chihuahua. And when the little Chihuahua barks, the Great Dane tucks his tail and run and runs. Yeah, yeah, we've seen that often, and we're still, still seeing it right now. So is Kevin McCarthy going to impeach Joe Biden? Again, I don't believe so. If he would have done it, getting back to Donald Trump coming down the uh, the escalator at Trump Tower, that's when the Democrats started calling for impeachment. That's when Maxine Waters started chanting, impeach, 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 impeach. And then when Donald Trump got elected, she still chanted, impeach, 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 impeach. Even Representative Green, on a weekly basis, got up on the House floor and entered articles of impeachment against Donald Trump. 
very few of those were able to pass, but a couple were, two in particular. And did the Republicans actually stand up and fight? No. No, they did not. They didn't even raise a whole lot of hell. Oh, they didn't even raise heck. Because there is no fight in them. And if there was any fight in them, they would have absolutely lost their minds when we found out in the Durham report that the department, uh, that our, our intelligence community actually interfered in the election in 2016. That's what the Durham report said. They knew that the Steele dossier was bunk, but they allowed these investigations to continue. In fact, not only that, they ramped up the investigation. Look into Carter Page. Look into General, Friend, uh, General Flynn, Jerome Corsi, Roger Stone, George Papadopoulos. Look into those people whose lives were ruined because of a lie that the Hillary Clinton campaign told and the FBI and the intelligence community went along with. They could have shut it down from the very beginning. In fact, I'll never forget Jim Comey telling the famous story of how he told then-President Trump about the Steele dossier. But there was one important thing that he left out when he said, Mr. President, there's a dossier floating around about you. And that was that it was bought and paid for by the Hillary Clinton campaign. He intentionally withheld information from his boss, the President of the United States. Because Jim Comey is a rat. Jim Comey is a dirty cop. Jim Comey was the guy that leaked classified information to a friend knowing that that friend was going to leak it to the Washington Post. Jim Comey is a dirty rat. We all know that. The same thing goes with Peter Stroke and, 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 and Lisa Page and all of the other people that were involved in this sham of an investigation. It was a sham. This was literally the, the fruit of a poison tree. They knew the Steele dossier was a lie, and they did nothing about it. So when we found that out, you would have thought the world would have come to an end. Nothing else gets done in Washington until we get to the bottom of this and who was behind it. But did they? Has there been an investigation into the Department of Justice, into the CIA or the FBI and their handling of the Steele dossier? No, there's been no investigation. None. And why not? Well, I guess they're okay with it. And then we find out the 51 intelligence agents signed a, a letter saying that Hunter Biden's laptop is Russian disinformation. That, too, was election tampering because that story came out right before the elections in 2020. Did the Republicans raise hell when they found out that these intelligence agents, what, uh, 51 of them, including former CIA officers, lied on that letter? No. No hell was raised whatsoever. In fact, barely an eyebrow was raised. Then we've got Hunter Biden getting a sweetheart deal. Anybody screaming over that? No. In fact, they allowed Merrick Garland to appoint David Weiss as special counsel. David Weiss gave, gave Hunter Biden the sweetheart deal to begin with. Anybody in Washington over on the, on the Republican side screaming about that? No, not at all. 
And then let's go to January the 6th. You remember that Tucker Carlson had all of these tapes that he was going to release on January, uh, about January 6th. Remember when Kevin McCarthy said that he was going to give Tucker all of those tapes and all of those tapes were going to be released. Have they been released yet? No. No, they haven't. They have not been released. This was a promise that they said they were going to keep to release these tapes. Have they done it? No. No. Like Michael Spinks, their knees are weak. They can barely hold up under their own weight. Because when the Democrats talk, the Republicans fold like a house of cards. That's a shame. This is the Checkpoint Charlie Podcast.